And so now we are back with our, I guess this is episode seven, chapter 7.2, um, where we, you know, the chapter's name is The Seven Needles. We've gotten three in the previous uh, chapter of our of our episodes. And, uh, you know, so I guess we got to see how many more we get in this chapter. Well, yeah, if we're counting to seven, we should get all four of the remaining ones. But it turns out that one has gone missing. So we only get three more. Uh, so it turns out that our last stopping point was a good one. Um, it was kind of accidental, uh, but that that turned out to be okay. Oh, and and Happy Mother's Day. Ah. Happy Mother's Day, get it? Yes, get it? I do get it. Happy, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> That's a good one. And it's great. We were just saying, this part of the game actually does pick up a little bit, and it's it's a little bit more enjoyable um, and and satisfying than some of the stuff that has been dropped on us uh, in in the recent uh, recordings. So that's that's kind of fun. Um, so yeah, so we left off after uh, the Snowy Mountain. Is that right? I think Just... Snowcap Mountain maybe is the technical uh, name. Um... Uh, you ride the box off of the top of the mountain. Uh, it's like a fridge uh, yes. or a freezer. Um, and whoop, we land in the graveyard, I think. Yes. Um, sorry, this is a little bit of a while ago for me now. Um, and somehow we go to a volcano and I don't remember how we get from the, the freezer to the volcano. Yeah. Wanna so, fill in? yeah, sure. So, um, we find a note from, uh, uh, with a bow on it and it is from a Mr. Saturn. Um, oh, of course. That's who right. I forget exactly what he says, but he says, you know, you need to come here. Um, and so the tombstone that Facade came in previously in that underground pathway opens up. And so you start going down there. Um, <clears throat> and then you find another bottle. Um, and there's like a coffee table there that you can ride like a horse. <laughs> right. And it takes oh, you. That's awesome. Basically, to where the um, dump was originally, where we fought the—I <clears throat> forget the enemy's name—but the the one boss when we were looking for the egg um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> in the dump. So anyway, um, so so yeah, we're being lured there by some Mr. Saturns. Now, I did not know that you could ride the table. Oh, what you you walked right by the table? Um, I just thought it was decoration. Why would I think that you can ride a table? No, no. I guess that makes sense. I, I just mean you didn't check the table, and then you know get prompted to ride it really fast. So that means you just kind of slogged through a lot of extra stuff. That's a bummer. I wouldn't say I slogged. I was able to just like you can just dash through. Um, and luckily in this game, you could just knock enemies over. So it's not like you have That's to fight true. them. So it was a little bit slower. Um, I found a couple more mouses. I didn't find all seven. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. did I get, yeah, I think I ended up getting Leo's sweater or the Leo Leo sweater or whatever. Yeah. So I did do a little bit of cleaning up there. Um, I was a bit dismayed that I somehow missed that mode of transportation too. Um, let's just say <laughs> that I was willing to explore a little bit more and try to savor the, the experience. Um, well, that's very much in line with the whole point, I think. I, yeah, I guess the writing the table is kind of confusing now that you point that out. Um, 
I don't know what the point of that is, and I don't know how it connects to Mr. Saturn, um, who clearly has written the letter, right? It's the classic font. It probably even says Boing in the letter. I don't remember now. Um, yeah, what do you make of the uh, horse uh, coffee table thing? What's that about? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't think that we see... We in Saturn Valley, it's not like we encounter any other coffee tables that you can ride. It's not like they have a stable of uh, coffee table <laughs> horses that you can go anywhere. I think it's just a quirky, weird Mister Saturn yeah. thing. I mean, a lot of it doesn't make sense what they do, right? I mean, at a certain point, um, you go there and they have balloons tied around their noses and they're just laying down. Um, <laughs> so I, I, th- maybe it symbolizes or is supposed to just kind of show the whimsical nature of Mr. <laughs> Saturn's. Um, but beyond that, I, I can't think of any other, it's just, just a weird thing. Uh, what about you? No, that totally, I ask because I have no clue and I kind of, <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed. Like I never really thought about it until you said something. Um, it seems like the Mr. Saturns are even weirder in this game than in the original. And I found it kind of... So we mentioned Dr. Andonuts comes in, and he's like the first really direct thing. Um, we do have, uh, you know, like puns and all the general feel of the game is, is pretty similar. But I think the Mr. Saturns are almost trying too hard to like recapture some of the earthbound feel um and and bring it up to date for this game um they're they're fun and whimsical and endearing as all get out but uh but that a coffee table yeah that might be just like a little too much like there's no reason we couldn't just ride the pork bean again or like you said just dash um through these tunnels so yeah, maybe it's just a little bit of a of an overreach here. Um, I don't mind it. I guess uh, it's just super surreal. Well, um, yeah. when you say you know uh, that the Mister Saturns have maybe been exaggerated uh, or, or caricatures of themselves in Earthbound, do you mean just respect with the table or the or the characters themselves when you actually get there and you're talking to them? Um, that. That's what I mean. Yeah, the the inclusion of Saturn Valley here seems a little forced, mm. uh, and it does seem like they're going out of their way to be Mister Saturnish uh, in some of the interactions that you have with them, um, and it's like a kind of uh, fan service that makes me feel self conscious, and I don't really like it uh, <laughs> as much as I probably am supposed to. Uh, although it's hard to tell with this game um, what exactly the intention there is. Uh, but anyways, I mean, we're rescuing them, which also feels, you know, appropriate somehow because, like, you know, we rescued them from Belch's factory before and from Stonehenge and everything. Um, but it's, like, uh, it's more immediate because the pig masks, like, drop right in and they've they've sort of taken over the, the town and... Um, you know, we're fighting them like they're in Saturn Valley. Uh, yeah, that that just felt odd. Um, and yeah. yeah, those battles were tough. Also, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they were. Um, I couldn't help but 
think of uh, or see the parallels of, you know, Dragon Ball Z um, on Planet Namek, where <laughs> you have, you know, uh, Frieza's men going around to these like little villages of these like very innocent people asking for, you know, one of seven uh, secret hidden kind of items um, and trying to like terrorize the town into telling them. Um, this obviously did not end in the same kind of gory way as many of the victims of, of Frieza's army did. But uh, yeah, you get there, there's pig masks walking around, you go into the buildings. Um, there's, they're called fright boxes. And I guess they're yes. trying to instill fear into the doctor, into the Mr. Saturns, and they're just kind of cowering in fear. Um, and then when you actually fight the fright boxes, they don't actually physically attack. Right. They right. And just... none of their none of their actions have any consequence either. They're just like a sink to s- siphon off your attacks from other enemies in the battle. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know about you, but they never did anything to me. There was no status effects. I mean, it would nope. say, oh, there was they told you a blood cur- cur- uh, curling story or, you know, a bone chilling or, you know, you had to resist crying or, you know, you're, you're never going to be able to go to the bathroom um, at nighttime again or something like that. (laughs) And so it just tells you these stories, but it doesn't actually affect you in any kind of tangible or meaningful way. Um, This is one of the things, did you happen to watch that video about mother three at space world in 99? I did not. Okay. So one of the craziest things that's mentioned there is that there's like a kindness stat that is still built into the game, I think, um, and just doesn't do anything. Uh, and there's this idea that at some point in the development, maybe even for a long time, the intention was to allow Lucas to um, befriend enemies and call them into battle uh, in some fashion, um, and that that kindness stat stack is like a relic of that um Hmm. and so there's this way that this game was supposed to have like a much richer battle system i want to say um where things like you know telling a story or um other kinds of actions would have had actual consequences and so i wonder if this is like you know some way for them to include that um and really ham it up um but obviously in ways that don't actually impact the battle at all (laughs) right um so it's kind of funny. And and I think they're also just like a version of the happy box, right? It's like the fright box and the happy box, um, both of which uh, our characters are like immune to, but which are definitely, you know, for the purposes of the story in the game, like very powerful um, artifacts uh, changing the world. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't help but think of... Well, A, you know, Mr. Saturns are are supposed to symbolize, like, pure innocence and that kind of stuff. And just the way that the pig masks were trying to control them uh, through fear, um, I couldn't help but think of, you know, governments and and mainstream and media today um, using fear as a method of controlling people. Um, And it probably does affect the innocent the most. So it's interesting that they had this kind of like you said, there's the happy box that they used on the regular people. Um, but then when they go to the most innocent, they had to to control them by fear, or at least that was the method that they decided to employ. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that that was kind of interesting. Um, 
I also appreciated that those, you know, some of the pig masks were difficult, but the fright boxes themselves were pretty easy. So I did appreciate once you got rid of the pig masks that the battle was basically over. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that was nice. Yeah. And they're, they're, these pig masks, they're terrible. I mean, they're um, like tickling the Mr. Saturn's. Um, they have them tied up in like uh, the head Mr. Saturn's house has like mm -hmm. this totem pole. Um, and the rope snake is there too. Yes. The rope snake is okay. Uh, and oh, oh, and that strange looking guy is there too. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Duster. Yeah, Duster's there too. Um, he, uh, uh, why are you taking shots at Duster's had... looks? Uh, sorry, I'm just trying to get into the spirit of things here. My name is Wes, after all. Fair enough. Um, well, then, then you should be disparaging him and his ability uh, and just calling him stupid and dumb the whole time. Well, uh, I, I think I also read that you can break sequence and get him in your party early, I want to say. Um, I know you went to the ocean floor early. Um, I think it might be possible to get here early as well. Uh, and get him back in your party sooner. But anyways, he's the final piece of our, you know, chosen four for this adventure. Um, it's good to have him back. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, yeah. we do not get the rope snake. He does not join our party. Oh, no. I know. I know. Um, but anyhow, uh, this was probably the toughest part of the game so far, going on from here um, into the volcano. Uh, it's... Before we get to that, I, I just wanted to... Uh, oh, yeah. Saturn Valley, I mean, it, it was supposed to look like the one from Earthbound, right? I guess. Like, it looked, to me, like nearly identical. Yeah. I, I didn't actually compare the maps, but from my memory. If I was to draw it from memory, it would have looked something like what was in this game. So going back, you know, we had Dr. Andonuts, and it's like, oh, okay, well, a scientist in a, in a different lab... Um, in an area that we haven't seen, fair enough. Um, he, you know, he he was a great scientist, so I can understand why he would be in another lab. Um, yeah. So, so there's that connection. But this is the first time that we've like seen something. It's like, wow, this is basically the same Saturn Valley from Earthbound, right? So, geographically, I guess uh, this is kind of the first real tie-in, I think. Um, sure. Which, which again, I don't know if it's just pandering. Or if there's more significance um, to the fact that that Saturn, it's to me, it seems like these are the same Mr. Saturn from the first game, and it's not like oh, there's just Mr. Saturn all over the place. Right, right. What that would mean is that we either are way before in terms of time, uh, or way after the events of the first game. Yeah. Um, yeah, for all this surrounding areas to have changed so much. Yes. Uh, but, Which is uh, interesting to think about, yeah. Yeah, and I just wanted to point that out, that that was kind of weird uh, before we get to, to the volcano, because, yeah, this... It was grueling. <laughs> yeah, uh, so we climb up a ladder made of Mr. Saturn's, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, and they each have something funny to say, of course. Uh, there's the hot spring, of course. Um, and that's something that uh, is like widespread throughout this world, um, but which is pretty unique to the the Saturn Valley of Earthbound uh, within that world. And it's pink um, too. Yeah, it's it's beautiful, it's wonderful. Um, and we meet. Is this one Phrygia? 
Fry. Fr- yeah, Fry Gia or something like that. Okay. Yeah, so one more Majipsy. Um, there's uh, some encouraging words that we need uh, in order to move the rocks out of the way. Uh, so that's kind of another callback, I guess. The stuff like in Mother, um, where you can get like words from um, some of the scientists there. Um, anyways, this allows you to like play a little game um, that involves moving rocks around uh, to create a path. It's uh, you know pretty simple, um, but I like the inclusion of a puzzle here and there. Uh, but yeah, the main difficulty here is just the enemies. Um, they're ridiculously powerful. I think if you spend a little time uh, like buying the new equipment from Saturn Valley, you can maybe have a little easier go of the volcano because there is like some fire protective amulets you can buy there. Um, I think I ran out of money at this point, though. So I was <laughs> just sort of stuck, um, just stuck grinding for a while. So. Yeah. I I had a very similar um experience. It's not like the volcano is particularly large. No. Um the my issue is, you know, you get and I guess maybe this is a callback to Magicant and Mother where they had like the three pendants that you could buy um yeah. kind of early on. But it's like I don't know which pendant I'm going to need. And, oh, mm-hmm. I can buy it later, although I'm not sure that we're ever actually going to be able to get back to Saturn Valley. Um, mm. But, yeah, so, like, I, I'm, like, saving my money, uh, and then I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'll be able to save before the boss, and I can just brute force it. And uh, that was not the case. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's the worst thing about the whole... Yeah, there's no frog. There's no save frog. It's, like, the first time I feel like the game has made us go on an extended dungeon... Um, without either uh, a hot spring or a frog right you know right nearby um, you have to backtrack quite a bit to save or to heal uh, there is a magic butterfly room and it regenerates it you know you go in and out you can use it a bunch but it's pretty tedious um, and it's still pretty far from the final boss like you still have to make a decent run um, from that room to where you're fighting None other than Facade, who's back. Yes, um, with horns. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, they were, we hear about the horns from the pig masks. Um, and of course they are his, his nose horns. Yes, play yes. A very familiar melody, actually. Yes. Um, and that's how he communicates now. And he has an interpreter bot who renders that into speech for us. With nuehehehehes and all. It's, it's great. Yeah, I forget what what character from um, Peanuts does she look like? <laughs> she does look like that character from Peanuts. Yeah, uh, I don't know the names. Wendy, of them. maybe yeah. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, she, she. I mean, she she's like it been that that sprite has been almost in every game, and now obviously it's updated with her with like a rocket propeller. <laughs> uh, she's like spinning in and stuff like that, which is kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Marcy. Oh Marcy's the name. Okay. Yep. There we go. Uh, uh, so how did you end up tackling this this beast? Uh, I got slaughtered once 
<laughs> and then I grinded like crazy uh-huh. uh, right near the butterfly room where uh-huh. I would just like, and then when I got to a level that I thought was good, I like ran back and saved because I was like, I don't want to waste all this progress grinding. And then yep. I grinded a little bit more. I think I was like level 36 or level 37 by the time I fought um, mm-hmm. Facade because the, the enemies mm-hmm. weren't too bad. Uh, it's, I mean, it was pretty simple if you just were right outside the butterfly room and you could just basically spam that as many times as you wanted to and like heal up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, some of the enemies you can sneak up on from behind kind of easily. Uh, that, that did help a little bit, but geez. Yeah. Um, what, so I was really, um, like surprised that he uses that um, like flea ability. Um, that's something I feel like we hadn't really seen up to this point. Um, but when you have fleas, you can't get rid of them uh, unless you have a very specific item. Um, if the person who has fleas is your your psi user, you're you're kind of stuck. Um, so that was one thing I did to prepare. And then of course he didn't use that ability in my next. Uh, uh, you know, time facing him. So is it I feel f- like I got a little bit lucky. Is it fleas or is it the the one that made you like forget? I feel like uh, for me, he hit, he hit me with the flea thing. Um, okay. The, the there is an also there's a forgetfulness okay. attack. I guess he has as well. Yeah. Um, Maybe I just wasn't aware of what fleas actually do. I, I don't know what I <laughs> but I did get hit with the one where it's like you can't use your psi abilities, and I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah, it's nonsense. Um, Might as well just get yeah, off so at that point. The status impacts, uh, they sneak up on you. Uh, yeah, and, and he's, uh, you know, he hits pretty hard as well. Like, he starts throwing bombs. Um, he, I feel like you also want him to eat the banana because he'll, like, do his bold smile or whatever, and then he'll either throw, like, three bombs at you Um or he'll eat a banana and recover a bunch of HP. Um, as long as he recovers HP, you can just you can still keep chipping away at it. Um, I feel like that's not as as bad. Oh, agreed. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's just like I think you have to be really patient in this battle um, and just kind of outlast him. Uh, that's what I found anyway. Yeah. Um, buff buff your own stats, lower his, and then just kind of hope that you have enough. PSI and other items to, to get through it. Yeah. And and I kept expecting the interpreter bot to, you know, intervene in some way. To do something. Uh, yeah, but again, kind of like the fright boxes, just kind of there for, for fun. Um, and what what is it about the, um, the nose horns that's, like, so terrifying? Because he's, like, a really scary version of facade now. Um, and I think it's that he doesn't speak anymore. Um, it's almost like, um, you know how your attacks always, you know, make like a little musical note sound, uh, in battle. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he has, has risen to the level of a playable character, but you're fighting him, of course. Uh, I I don't know. Yeah. There's something like very psychologically effective about his whole redesigned form here um uh and yeah yeah 
Yeah, well, right. So I guess I hadn't drawn that connection where it's like, you know, we're using the music and stuff like that. Uh, and even our attacks, that's a music note. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just, what, what a bizarre modification to make. Just in general, <laughs> right? Like, oh, I'm going to have these. You, you, you hear, oh, he has horns now. It's like, oh, okay, so he's turning into the devil. Uh, uh, nope, he's turned into like a walrus or like a woolly mammoth or something like that. These <laughs> giant tusks that are just protruding out his nose. And uh, I'm just going to give up my ability to speak because um, yeah. now I can just trumpet stuff out of my nose, which <laughs> would just very like it's just so bizarre. Um, but because I don't even think any of his attacks, if it was like, oh, he trumpets something out of his nose and it, it did it affected you, that would make more sense. Like if it, if he attacked or did something with it, um, yeah. No, it, it it is weird, and I think after we defeat him, he just. He flies away, right? It's not like he's down mm -hmm. for the count. Mm-hmm. No, it's he'll he'll definitely be back. Yeah, yeah, because he flies away, and he's playing that song of the Magypsies also, mm -hmm. um, which is interesting. Um, that's I think the the closest that we've gotten to like a suggestion about where facade comes from. Um, he's doesn't look particularly like the Magypsies. Um, he doesn't necessarily have their, like, uh, kind of telltale uh, flirtatious behavior or anything like that. Um, he has been sort of this strange person um, throughout the game, uh, and now he's, like, playing their song through his nose trumpets. So, anyways. Anyways. So... Uh, after we beat him, we, we get to pull the needle this time. Hooray! So I believe that brings the count up to two needles apiece for us and the masked, and the masked man. Uh, <laughs> we get some exposition that, ba that says uh, there's two left. Uh, you know, you had to go to Taintain Island. Uh, and then the Magypsy, before they disappear, basically says, oh yeah, there's, one in the, there's a needle in the dragon's head. Uh, but I don't know where mm. that is. Um, <laughs> so good luck. Yeah, right. I think, again, this might be a way to sort of help out players who have somehow broken sequence, because it tells you where the locations of all the remaining needles could be. Uh, and it definitely, like, highlights the mystery of that seventh needle. Um, so we are... Uh, yeah, we're on our way. We're... Uh, well, and I think it makes sense because we've only, I think we only saw six Magypsies this whole time, right? So mm -hmm. with the title mm -hmm. Seven Needles, and we're saying, okay, well, there's only six Magypsies that we know of, so there must be the seventh one. Um, and the fact that it's in the dragon's head uh, I, implies that it's, it's most likely the most important uh, of the needles. Yeah. So as much as we're doing now, um, we're, we still don't know exactly where our ultimate goal is going to be. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the, um, the little sequence here is where I started liking this bit of the game because um, I hated dying against Facade and losing a lot of time and, and effort grinding in there. Um, but then you're stuck in Saturn Valley, right? Someone comes along and blows up the exit mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you're trapped, right? Uh, and then 
you've got a couple of little little mini games that you get to do here, um, which are pretty cool. Um, first of all, you have to catch a little red bird. Um, that's fine. Um, there's not really too much to say about that, I feel like. Um, but with that done, then you are supposed to like wait a little bit for them to you know, make that into the, the flying machine. Uh, and so you have to go and you do the hot spring sequence with the hot, um, hot drink. I think it's tea in the other game. I don't remember. It's, uh, coffee, it's a coffee break. Yeah. Yeah. It's a coffee break this time. Um, I think tea might be in Tenda Village, and I think it might be coffee in Saturn Valley. Oh, so it's always coffee with the Saturn. I, th- that's, that I, right. I think so. I think there are two different drinks in, in Earthbound. Um, I'm not sure, but that's just... Yeah, but those are really memorable sequences. Yes. Um, and I'm I'm really glad that they did include it here um, in a more... You know, we get this a lot throughout the early parts of the game, especially a lot of this kind of, like, messaging to the player. Um this one does like the full coffee break sequence uh which is just so like ha okay we're on the right track we're gonna it's encouraging it's um you know it it reconnects you with that sort of uh you know time playing earthbound um and it's just fun i don't know uh that was pretty effective here yeah Um, i i agree um i think a lot of the other nods maybe to Earthbound were kind of falling flat or they felt like pandering, mm-hmm. but this was really the first time where, yeah, that, that sense of nostalgia when you go into the pink hot springs, you, it says, do you want to drink some coffee? You do it, and then the psychedelic screen comes up and the slow scrolling text with the words of encouragement. Um, you know, it says, you know, no one's born strong, uh, you have to go through challenges to make you strong, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's relying on you. Everyone has faith in you. Like, go do it. You can do it. Um, yeah, and I think in terms of this chapter and maybe just the story as a whole, it's it's been kind of a whirlwind, right? We just learned about these seven needles. Uh, four of them have been pulled. Uh, there's three left. We know where two of those three are. It's it's kind of a good time to take a to take a break and reflect and uh just take stock in exactly the the situation that you're going in realize like how far you have come um and yeah just just kind of just just think about it and kind of recharge your batteries um that they say that the the hot springs have a revitalizing effect and and i feel like this coffee break also had that effect on me um personally totally totally um, so I feel like, yeah, this is a kind of a major obstacle uh, within the game. And having got over it, um, it's actually kind of uh, coasting a bit for, for the next few sequences. Um, the other thing that happens here, right, is that Mr. Saturn borrows your uh, your courage badge. And... I don't remember if we mentioned getting the courage badge. I think it's given to you by the grave digger, maybe, um, or is it your grandpa Alec? One of the two uh, in the graveyard uh, at the, the tombstone of the mom um, gives you this item. It's a key item, 
called the Courage Badge, and it's like all dirty and rusty. Um, you can't really make out the symbol on it. Um, so the Mr. Saturn borrows it to presumably spruce it up for you. Yes. Um, and that's cool. Uh, so, so some good stuff happens here in Saturn Valley. Uh, we get to <laughs> the rope snake rides again, uh, like rises to the occasion. It's like, I'm going to be the one to uh, latch onto this flying bird cage. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It plays the Skyrunner music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, great. Gosh, it cracked, cracked up. Um, yeah. Well, and yeah. again, we have animals. Uh, you know, we're relying more more on nature to to solve our transportation needs, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to having this the Skyrunner from like the first games and the mechanical stuff. Um, mm. Or you know, employing claymen or something like that so i thought that that was interesting and it was also sh- the bird cage was kind of shaped like a mr saturn um <laughs> yeah but but despite the rope snake's best efforts he uh he failed again <laughs> well you sort of knew he would right it's like yeah okay like we know you're gonna drop us somewhere but it's fine like we've learned that falling out of the sky is not a bad thing necessarily it'll it'll work out so um so yeah and sure enough um Drops us right where we need to go, uh, down on the beach outside of Tasmili, mm-hmm. um, which has become like you know basically summers from the first game, like a resort now. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's some little creature. Is it like a little sand crab or something that pops out and is like, hey, you can just dive in the ocean. Um, uh, I don't. I don't know. It's um, there's probably some other stuff you can do here, um, talking to people and wandering around and such. But um, I pretty much went straight on into the ocean from there. Uh, yeah, after. there's also um, some boots there, and I think if you <laughs> check those, it says like, oh, some pig masks left their boots, and so that also right. lets you know that you can go in the, like that they're in the water. Um, yeah. Yeah. But but. Uh, yeah, I was very familiar with the ocean, as I had previously <laughs> gone there early, so um, I, yeah, I knew exactly what to do. Although, there is a woman there, if you can give her the knit sweater. What? I'm not sure what happens if you give it to her, she just takes it. But um, yeah, she's sitting on the bench, there's like the one woman who t- who says that she talks too much. Um, Oh, and, weird. And, and she's like, I, I I can summarize like what I need to do to be better. I need to shut up or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. But then there's also another woman sitting on a bench, and she's like, Oh, is that the sweater? Like, did you get that from Leo? And you give it to her. I think she just takes it. I don't even know if you give it to her. Um, I don't know if it gets returned, and I don't think that she gives you anything at that time. So um, weird. I'll, there's a number of these little kind of Easter eggs. I feel like because. Did you find the doorknob again since, like, early, early in the game? No. Um, I meant to mention this, and I completely forget when it happens, but but somebody said something about that stupid doorknob again um, and, like, the fingerprints on it or something. I don't know. Um, so there's, like, a few of these items that are that seem to be, like, following you around the game. Um, so we'll see if Leo's sweater pops back up. Uh, <laughs> but anyway... So, so 
Under the Water is another really uh, funny image that sort of gets stuck in your head. Um, you see the way that the um, big masks down there get oxygen is by uh, locking lips with a mermaid, merman, merman type thing. Yep, yep. Merman. Uh, uh, with uh, a really uh, lip-smacking sound effect that goes with it. Um, it smooches the heck out of them, yeah. And and they feel like a little awkward about this. Um, but uh, but you know, hey, that's their yes, they're, oxygen they're, machine. Their their cheeks are are. <laughs> They're blushing afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, except for Duster. Yeah. He's totally fine with it. I, and um, I, I, I don't think Boney can blush. Or does he? Oh, I Boney forget. can blush. Oh, he can? Oh, excuse me. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, I, I did not realize that Boney could blush. Okay, well, good to know. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that you're like the expert and had that ready uh, in your pocket. I'm pretty like, sure. I'm pretty sure that he also feels shame, um, but Duster, for whatever reason, uh, maybe from hanging out with the uh, uh, the rock band for so long, right? Um, just totally not affected by it. Uh, so, anyways, you have to basically like float along from from oxygen machine to oxygen machine down there. Yeah. Um, battling the Navy squeals. Yes. Uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, and other denizens of the ocean floor. Um, I really like this little mini dungeon. That was pretty fun. The only consequence of getting to where you run out of oxygen is getting washed back to the start, but that's kind of okay because it's sort of this maze where you might want to explore other paths anyway. So kind of like a shortcut to get back to the beginning. Yeah, um, the enemies yeah. weren't too difficult. Um, yeah. It was just it was a pretty chill uh fight i guess I, I i don't really know how yeah. else to put it it was just yeah exactly it was it seemed pretty inconsequential by the time you got there uh to run out of oxygen although one of the oxygen machines was broken mm-hmm. like how uh oh i don't even want to think about it <laughs> just, just out of order yeah i guess i guess so maybe he had a cold or something i don't know oh god uh so I yeah, I really like that. There's the uh, uh, little rock lobsters, mm-hmm. uh, which apparently are sort of like bullies of the other fish and sea creatures. Um, and you can find this the shell of a little guy that had been stolen, like a hermit crab shell. Uh, and if you bring it back to him, he like pays you some money for it. That's what happened for me anyway. Um, there's other like hidden items down there. There's like a I feel like one of them is the awesome crown. Hmm. Uh, this is a pretty cool like piece of headgear for one of your characters. Um, I must have I ultimately must have missed that one. Bummer. Oh my gosh. Uh, I think it's done. Anyway, ultimately we wrap up fighting um, Master Eddie at the end of the dungeon. Uh, he, yeah. He looks a lot like some of the bosses from Earthbound also. Yeah, um, which were the, the ones from, uh, what's it called? From Pink Cloud, I want to say. Yeah, 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 the Pink Cloud boss, I forget. He, like That was the one that had, like, two bosses, right, that were, like, intertwined. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this looks like just, like, one of them. 
Yeah, he's kind of on his own. Um, again, not not super difficult. I feel like uh, by the oh. time you get here. Okay. If you say so. Well. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, um, yeah. Anyways, he uh, definitely has like a hidden weapon though, um, because he does a final attack that's just like absurdly powerful. Yeah. Um, KOs all your characters and washes all your items away. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I forget what it's called. And I should—I meant to look this up, but what was the name of the island in Breath of the Wild where? Yeah, yeah. You get there, and it's like you lose all of your items, and you have to kind of go and explore itemless. That's—that's that's what this kind of reminded me of. And for whatever reason, I—I I thought that the it's Taintain Island, right? Is it the same in Breath of the Wild? No, I don't think so. What is that no. called? The Itemless Island in. BOTW. Event tied. Okay, so no, not even close. But um but yeah, I was like I was like thinking of that, I was like, oh that's kind of like an interesting um coincidence, I guess. It is. It's definitely a thing. Um it, it really adds a nice bit of variety, you know, at this point in the game to to have to go without items, although you get to keep all your equipment, which is good. Um uh and it sets up a pretty cool like um requirement almost that you eat the mysterious mushrooms find on this island yeah um which of course causes uh some wild hallucinations um and uh this is like the moonside bit of this game basically um, everything gets really weird and trippy and and more so right because like everyone you meet uh is a character that has some kind of scary slash a hurtful thing to say to one of your party members um, yes and so it sort of does a lot of character development does a lot of uh changing up the the sort of feel of the game um but also just like what you can literally do in battle is is much more limited and you have to be a little more strategic i guess um it's interesting i like this bit yeah you encounter uh i was listing some of the people uh flint who we haven't seen since what chapter two or three right. when's the last time we saw flint uh wes uh we see him a, a little bit uh, I think he, like, at one point he asks to join your party. And, of course, I said mm -hmm. no. And he's like, mm -hmm. Duster, you're a loser anyway. And then you end up fighting him. Um, <laughs> Klaus, of course. And then I saw Alec. I wasn't sure if you can fight him. I think I just ran by him. Yeah, I think you can. I think anything you can see here, you can fight. Okay. Uh, and they all start as, like, the scary smile or whatever, right? Um, which is legitimately really scary um but then they'll turn back into like uh uh one of the different chimera type enemies um partway through the battle right yeah the like orangutan elephant thing mm -hmm. uh i forget what you had like that dragonfly thing and then i forget what the other one was mm -hmm. yeah i mean they're all sort of 
you know, like jungle-ish enemies. Um, the so what it implies, right, is that the stuff they're saying is just in your character's own heads. They're they're, they're not. Um, they're just forms of that coming out and being external. Uh, and so it's like all those kind of doubts and misgivings. Um, uh, and it's really the only time that we hear um, that kind of stuff for these characters. Uh, we don't, I, I don't feel like we get much in the way of character development other than this little, little sequence here. Um, so it, it really did go a long way, I think, to, to making these feel more like, um, you know, people that you care about and that you want to root for. Uh, somehow it's really different um, having grown-ups uh, in your party. Um, like, I feel like you, you expect a little bit more in the way of uh, characterization when they're more mature characters. Um, and so this, this was helpful. It's provided that to an extent. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, one funny thing was you end up going into uh, another hot spring. You find it in the middle of the jungle. Uh, <laughs> and there's there, oddly enough, there's like a mirror there that you go and you look into and you can't really get mm-hmm. past it. So you go into the hot spring. Boney wants no part of it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you get revitalized and you continue up. And eventually, you get to the next Magipsy, where it becomes extremely evident that you are tripping uh, balls at this point, because the Magipsy looks like a uh, traditionally beautiful woman, and unlike any <laughs> other Magipsy that we've seen. So even she, the Magipsy, I don't know their pronouns, um, is like, oh, you're tripping. Uh, let me fix that and like bonks you on the head uh, right. to to cure you of that. And then you find out that she has a giant um, octo taxi mm-hmm. guy uh, there who who picked up all of your items that you lost. So you can get all your items from there. Um, and I forget what else she tells you or he or she tells you. Mm. I don't think it's really anything except for my time has come. You need to go and fight the barrier trio, basically, at the next oh needle. Yeah. So this Magipsy is the one that, like, sort of has everything together a little bit more than the others, I feel like. Because um, she has put up a uh, actual, uh, you know, like, defense around the needle. Um, and it's unclear whether that's to, like, keep others out or to test the chosen one right and 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 improve your strength and this battle feels very playful um yes throughout like it, it, you know they're <laughs> they're they're forming these different poses um which are spectacular right like the the final pose is spectacular yes. um I, I just really i loved this battle i love this character um even though it's you know it's it's pretty generic in a way um yeah, I don't know. Something about this battle was just really fun. Uh, uh yeah, I, I think to go back to like Dragon Ball Z, I, I like the Ginyu Force, right? And just kind of the over the top. They're striking these poses. It's three people, but they're actually just one enemy. 
Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, just this, like, I, I don't know, the, 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 the devotion to basically, I guess, the, the craft of, like, we're going to strike these poses. Um, and you also had, yeah. it was, like, the guy, the gal, and the dude. Oh, that's as, right. As if, like, the dude is, like, uh, I don't know, a, a different gender, right? Or, <laughs> or just, like, ambiguous. I mean, maybe the Majipsies are all dudes. Um, you know, I guess your your boy, uh, Kel, right? I'm a dude. He's a dude. <laughs> She's a dude, because we're all dudes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they look kind of like claymen, only more, like, ancient right and yes. and sort of refined um they're more humanoid uh they're all purple and so they're again like majestic and royal um their poses are really cool uh and and they start by just sort of buffing stats up and down which is what you're sort of doing at that point in the battle probably mm -hmm. um so it's like they're mirroring you to an extent um and then after they take a certain amount of damage they um their pose is broken and so you're like, oh, like that's how this battle's gonna go, right? They'll pop into a pose, and I'll have to do a lot of damage quickly to break it. And okay, but then it totally changes. Um, and next time when they form their pose, they just start wailing on you with uh, powerful psi attacks, which for me came out of nowhere. I was like not expecting that. Um, totally changes the dynamic of the battle because then you're really back on your heels, and you have to heal a lot, and you're just trying to like weather this storm of attacks. Um, and gosh, yeah, I don't know. This, uh, I, uh, my characters kept dying. I kept bringing them back to life, um, and then I just like gradually, gradually chipped away enough HP uh, off of the barrier trio to where they start doing their like final attacks. Um, they bring out Starstorm, which is a classic thing from the first game, uh, and then and then they, it looks like they're gonna do some final attack, but they don't. They they just do a final pose, and it was awesome. It was it was great. <laughs> yeah, the the the, the well, interesting yeah. thing is depending on who calls the pose to be struck, um, it makes them vulnerable to only one type of elemental damage. Um, so I don't know, I, I don't know exactly who it is, but for instance, if if Barrier Dude called out the pose, then they would only be uh, vulnerable to ice. Um, if, oh, if, if Gal, if Barrier Gal did it, then they would only be vulnerable to fire. And then if the other one did it, they would be vulnerable to uh, thunder, you know, something like that. I, it's not the correct ones, but that's just like illustrative. Um, cool. But yeah, so it's a, uh, so it was, yeah, it was a cool battle. I think I died the first time, if I'm going to be honest. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, it was cool. I, I appreciated the fact yeah, I don't know. Like the whole, it's three, right? I, you know, whenever I see three in a Nintendo game, I'm like, oh, the Triforce, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Protecting this thing. They were already in kind of a triangle type uh, stance before when you get up there. One thing I. I oh, yeah. It's totally uh, the goddess statues of Zelda and or Final Fantasy VI. And yeah, just like, yeah, the, the rule of three. Is, is powerful in these games. Yeah. No, so uh, it was a cool battle. Um, you, you defeat them eventually, like you said. They strike one last pose with their last uh, a bit of energy before they perish forever. Um, <laughs> and just as you're about to pull the 
Needle, who shows up, but your boy, the masked guy. Uh, (sighs) A bunch of of the pig masks, uh, the the ships fly in, they they float, um, they set up, six of them come out and they set up the red carpet so that the masked man can approach. um, (laughs) And he, he whips out his lightning saber. Oh my and, gosh, so cool. Yes, and basically just dispatches of your team uh, easily. And he pulls out the, the needle, um, and then he just bounces. He's like, all right, see you guys, peace. <laughs> right. uh, and that's when it's, I've... Is it Mixie? Who, which one is the Magipsy in this one? That, that sounds right. Yeah, Mixolydia, and then the last one's Ionia. Yeah, yeah. Mixie, Mixie. Yeah, so so she comes up after you know, uh, af- after the needles pull, and is like, "Oh, I'm disappointed, but you know, to be honest, this is fate. So whatever, um, <laughs> right. I'm good with this. Um, you need to go find your boy Mapson. Uh, he'll tell you where the last Magipsy is, Ionia. Um, and then she also comments on the fact that, um, you know the whoever pulls the needle imbues kind of the light or darkness into the dragon. And after the mask man pulls the needle, it says, huh, that's weird. I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, I think they've mentioned this a couple times. It's like, I should feel something, but I feel nothing uh, from the energy of the masked man. Yeah. What do you think that means? Uh, I think that given the fact that, we already know that this the the pig masks in that army um, engage in in some very despicable uh, medical practices. You know the the chimeras and stuff like that. Oh yes. Uh, oh, yes. I think Klaus is is probably not Klaus anymore. Right. Right. Uh, re- reconstructed gonna... in a way. Yeah, he's going to be on Darth Vader, right? He's right. he's just a a cyborg or something. He's that, just a that vessel. That seems to be the implication. Yeah, yeah, and that's chilling, right? It's uh, really sad. Uh, yeah, because this whole time, um, you're, you're you're at least the way that I was playing it, right? Um, the whole time, it's like, oh well, Klaus has his own reasons. Like we saw at the beginning of the game, he's the more outgoing person. He it would do anything to get his um, mother back, and so you know it, he was a person, right? He was a he was a human, um, mm-hmm. and even though his methods might be weird and twisted, uh, there might have been like a deep seed in his like, oh well, what his motivations might actually be decent. Sure, um, but I think the more that we're playing this, it's, it's turning out. Uh, no, I think. I think he's just being used because of his powers to PK love, which yep. if we recall correctly, the Magipsy previously, when we first got the power of PK love, uh, he had already given it to, there, it was implied that he had implied or, or confirmed that he had already given it to Klaus when Klaus was going up to find his mother um, yeah. at the pass. So, and then we saw Klaus kind of sitting there with his, you know, he had lost his shoes. Um, 
So yeah, I, I I'm thinking uh, he he might have died then, and mm-hmm. he was just revitalized just because of his power for for PK love. That that seems right. Yeah, and it casts a lot of the game into a different light. Thinking about it that way, right? It's like um, we thought this was going to be a story about um, reuniting with Klaus. Uh, at some point and it's just like doesn't happen and doesn't happen and doesn't happen and then at this point it's like maybe klaus is no longer there at all right the masked man is so clearly klaus but then the the twist is that he's he's not right um there's a couple really good twists here towards the end of the game uh that are that are pretty cool um between facade coming back and then uh now the masked man right having no particular um, vibe to him, right? It, it, that that should be there. Um, uh, yeah, and and again, it's like this idea of of fate that the Magipsies tend to harp on. Um, it's it's being represented for us in in some different ways here, uh, like how we should accept fate, um, and on the other hand, right, like how we have to keep uh, keep going. And play our part within this within this world. Um, like it really matters that we pull the needles, um, but then whatever happens happens, right? It's like both those things are true somehow. <laughs> right. So, uh, and we do we get our shot at the masked man. Okay, so this this next bit, um, you know, you make your way back down the windy mountain, uh, back uh, you get to ride Ocho the taxi octopus uh, back across the ocean. That's lovely. Um, oh, and you can swing by the hot spring, which turns out to be a garbage, uh, like, yes. pool. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And the real one was hidden uh, the whole time. Right behind the, behind the mirror door, yeah, is right. the actual hot spring. <laughs> right. I, that, that was hilarious. I loved that. Yeah. I, I got a kick out of that. Um, anyways, so so you're back. And, and by the time you get back to the beach... Um, Bronson is like very tan. Uh, he like can't move. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, love that. And the the one pig that's laying there is like very cooked by the sun. Yes. and still dreaming of Oscar Mayer and wondering what that means. Yes. Um, but everyone else has pretty much left, and the music is like very melancholy. Um, the town is pretty much deserted. Uh, even the mayor is planning to leave, and he's like, "Oh, you overheard me saying those things." Whoops. Um, yeah, it's right. it's it's a really interesting, you know, like in Earthbound, you go back to your hometown from time to time, and towards the very end of the game, you go back and it's dark and empty, and overrun with aliens, and it's it's kind of weirdly like that. It's a similar thing here, where again they don't they don't exactly do that again, but they do something that gets that same kind of creepy, sad feeling across um, by having you know, everyone move on to the big city. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. Did you explore much at this point, or did you just kind of hustle along there's the not, mountains? There's not much to explore. Um, yeah. You you go. At most of the doors are locked. Uh, yeah. The hotel. The guy is basically a squatter. He's he says the guy at the front desk. It's one of the, the punker, punk looking dudes um, with like the uh-huh. mohawk and the glasses. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I woke up and everyone was gone. So this is my hotel now. I was like, okay. <laughs> Um, I forget. I went back to to 
your house, you know, our house or, or I guess Lucas's house. And I forget, you talk to the sheep and they're all smiling. But I forget what they were smiling about. Um, so, I yeah. The sheep. Oh, then there was also the old man that you can run into. And uh, he's like, I don't want to leave, but everyone else is leaving. So I guess I'm going to leave, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think you can run into Wes as well. I've read exactly what he says, but I did do like a little bit of exploring. But at this point, um, it seems like we've almost just kind of reached like a boss rush. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, which I'm fine yeah. with. Yeah, I felt that pretty strongly in the mountains too. Um, like there's a decent sized dungeon that you go through, but a lot of it is just extra. Like you don't have to do most of it. Right. Um, uh, did you find the negative man? The negative man, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. So explore the explore the caves again in the mountains, and and if you go to the left, um, it's clearly a dead end. Like you can see from the map, like there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, there's probably a good item there, so I'm gonna go there. Uh, and what you find is this. It's almost like one of the barrier trio type guys, but he's alone, and he's yellow, and he's like on his hands and knees throughout oh, the fight. I've seen this. Yeah. I mean, I've seen like pictures of him. Okay. Yeah. And he's called the negative man. And he, and he's very much like that character for mother, right? Who's alone in the cave. Um, the forgotten man. The, the, the forgotten man. Exactly. Yes. I, I forgot what to call him. Um, and all the negative man does is say stuff like, Oh, like I can never win. Like, Oh, this is so unfair. You're so much stronger than me. Um, he can deal like one damage um, and you just like all your attacks do tons of damage on him uh, and you get like three experience from the fight and that's it. That's the whole, this whole thing. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know what to make of that. It's like, he's, he's like a reject from the barrier trio or like, you know, some kind of relic um, uh, from, from the old days of the Island um, when the Magypsies uh, we're, we're, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a weird little throwback um, down there to the to the Forgotten Man of um, the original game. Oh, um, I, I need to watch at least, uh, you know, a Let's Play battle of this. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking at pictures right now, and the one that's his smile and optimism, colon, gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really funny and really sad. And again, I feel like, there was probably some sort of a mercy system built into this game at some point, and this this guy would have been like a challenge because he's so easy to kill. Like you have to find a way not to kill him for long enough to to like allow the kindness thing to happen. I I don't know. Anyway, uh, just a weird thing that's that's there to discover. Um, yeah, I I like this bit of the dungeons. Enemies here are a little bit. Um, high HP wise, but otherwise like not too difficult. Um, you have tons of experience, so you gain a lot of levels here. Um, I also learned a bunch of Psy, so I spent a lot of time walking because you know when you're about to learn a new Psy technique, you have the fever and you can't run. Right. Um, which is fine. Uh, yeah. So some good stuff here. I, I don't know. There's also these big head enemies, which are pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh god! Reminded me of that weird MTV show that I mentioned a while ago with the guys with the aliens that like lived in their giant heads. Yep, yep, very much like that. Yeah, the hefty heads. Yes. And then yes. they would just they would use 
I just ran away from the battles at this point because I was just like, I don't feel like fighting. I'm, I'm over leveled. I feel like, uh, <laughs> right. but I was unable to run like the first turn against him, and he like slammed his head against the ground and, and created basically like an earthquake or some kind of shock that uh, that hurt me quite a bit. So I was like, okay, well, I'm definitely yeah. running next time. So yeah, they're they're pretty scary at first. Um, again, they have a ton of HP. They hit pretty hard. Uh, but yeah, they're they're susceptible to to brain shock. Right, fitting. Yeah, um, that's what happens if you sniff them. You can find out their weakness. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so you come to Ionia, who is the final Magipsy here. I. Um, well, we missed a part where we get to play as Bony. Oh, that's right, with the yummy pickles. How could we forget? Uh, well, because it just seems so out of place. <laughs> It's completely unnecessary. Yeah, that's true. I liked it, though. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I liked it, too. But, like, looking back, it's just, what was the point of this? It, it's not like it was uh, hard to find anything. Was there a secret that you were supposed to be able to find? Uh, there's a decent, uh, like, charm. You yeah, can find no, but, charm, yeah. but, like, that was shimmering, right? Mm -hmm. No, yeah, that's true. There so may be something hidden, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was just a very weird part. I was like, oh, I don't think we... You haven't actually played as Bony yet, so uh, here, take control. Okay. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah, aside from that, like, cut scene, which we don't really do anything, where he runs through the rain, you know? Yeah. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, and again, uh, it's, like a, it's like a little bit of um, uh, humor, I guess, right? It's like a little comic relief. Because um, things are getting kind of heavy here. Um, so, the jar of yummy pickles is like, if you look at the item description, it's like, it looks really fragile and like it would roll away really easily. Um, yeah. yeah. And sure enough. Right, right. <laughs> As you're walking, the tremors make you trip and it, it disappears. Um, yeah. I'm okay, again, with this being like a one-off weird little thing. Um, totally forgettable, but pretty fun. But yeah, so we get to, uh, you know, your uh, Ionia, mm -hmm. uh, and she informs us that we need the Waters of Time, because mm. the last needle is in Mount Chichu something or other uh, in the <laughs> temple, and the vines that have encased the outside are frozen in time, and the only way to... Um, release them is to water them with the waters of time. Yeah. Um, so we get that item. Um, and then as we're walking out um, on a bridge, we see, uh, well, what turns out to be a Mr. Saturn in disguise, although it's very hard to, to recognize <laughs> what it was at first because the disguise was so good. Um, oh, no, I know. And so, so this is the same one that had taken our courage badge and polished it up all nice. And it turns out that it was a Franklin badge. Yes, yes. And again, this makes for some interesting continuity questions, right? Like, okay, so how does this wind up with Flint? Um, which Franklin badge is this, right? Is this from original mother? Uh, is this the one that Paula has uh, in Mother 2? Who knows? Who knows? Um, uh, yeah, no, there's, a, there's, I mean, in, in Mother, there's what, like a million different uh, 
There's at least two. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of Franklin badges in that. So, um, but yeah, I was because I was wondering throughout the whole game. I'm like, are we get it? It's a pretty big deal. I mean, I've been looking at mother merchandise recently, and mm -hmm. the Franklin badge is a pretty big deal. So I was kind of expecting it to show up in this game at some point in time. Um, yes. And it did. Yeah, and, and just in time, right? Uh, because, see, here's another great bit of misdirection. Like, you think, all right, I'm going to use these waters of time. I'm going to open this temple. It's going to be a whole nother dungeon. But no, you fight the boss outside the temple. And, and this fight took me completely by surprise. I was like, I was not expecting I have to do this right now. Um, and so... Uh, this one was so, so fun, um, fighting against the Masked Man. Uh, so first you have to fight like a couple of the pig masks that um, come in and they kind of kind of soften you up a little bit. Um, but then the Masked Man himself comes in, and, and his moveset is pretty cool, right? He, he's got the sword, he's got the electric shock attacks, um, he's got a ray gun that's like extra powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and he attacks like two or three times in a row each turn. Uh, and then eventually he'll start doing some interesting stuff. Like he'll, he'll kill your shields if you put shields on. Um, he has a shield killer. He, of course, uses Cyrokin. And he can use up to level Squiggly, you know, just like you. Um, so that one's pretty scary and powerful. Um, the one thing he doesn't do, as far as I saw, was, was heal himself. I found that pretty interesting that he doesn't do life up at any point in this battle. Um, yeah, but, I, I had not thought about that. I also think he does Star Stormer. Did you did you mention that? Um, I don't remember him doing that. I thought that was the Barrier Trio. Uh, maybe it was. I don't know. Hold on, let me uh, masked masked because I know he does the Rockin', which is basically the same thing, right? It's just like heavy damage to all your party. It's difficult. Since uh, because I did this all in like one sitting, so I, I remember encountering St Star Storm. It yes, would make sense yeah. if it was. Huh. And then wait, but hold then on a also... second. That I'm I, I'm sorry. Just uh, as a, the name Chupa Chupoyo is a reference to Chappy Chapo, a French animation series from 1974, where two little characters. A girl with a red hat named Chappie and a boy wearing a blue hat named Chapo must resolve problems in a world made of colored cubes. All oh, right. Of course. <laughs> All right. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to get too derailed there. No, I was going to say, I know that um, the princess learns Starstorm after this as well. Yes, yes, um, yes. There's that. Uh, but anyway, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I got really close to dying in this fight, but I, I did not die. I prevailed. I used a lot of Cups of Life noodles. Um, other other characters kept dying, but... Um, I yeah, bought... This was an awesome battle. Yeah, I bought a ton, because uh, I did die the first time, because I was just... Like, the one thing I, I find in this game is a lot of these boss battles just, like, happen, right? Like, I wasn't necessarily mm -hmm. prepared. I hadn't... Yeah. Um, rested at, at the Majipsy's house. So I wasn't like at full health or anything. And I'm like walking up to the temple and it's like, boom, you're in a battle. Like there was no, mm -hmm. in Earthbound, when you have the big sanctuary battles, you know, there's the giant sprite mm -hmm. 
that you have to go and like actually inspect. Um, but you know, here it, it was it was just like you you walk up there and it's like oh the battle just starts oh okay great. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's awesome. I mean, and also I like that this battle makes Lucas clearly like the most important character because he's the one who's got the Franklin badge, right? So he's he's the most likely to survive with the most health throughout the battle. Yes. Um, which is unusual. It's like the opposite of every other battle so far. He always takes the most damage being first in the party. Uh, yes. Yeah, so he does a lot in this. He's healing, he's raising defense, of course, and Dealing lots of damage. Yeah, it's just, it, it's a really cool battle. Um, and really unsettling, right? It's like, whoa, like, we can beat the Masked Man? Like, wow, we must be really strong. We must be really cool. Uh, this doesn't help me at all. Let's see here. Uh, so, we do so. We use the... The waters of time, which do what no bomb or, or clay man could do and open the temple. Um, named for those well-known French um, comic book characters or whatever. Uh, yeah, and, and this is the final needle that we know of. We pull it. We do it. Yes. So now the, the score is tied three to three. Hooray! And... Uh... Ionia comes in there, and I believe, yeah, okay, I did that. So, so she comes in there um, after you pull the needle and says, "Look, Lacria, the yes. final missing Magipsy is nearing the seventh needle, uh -huh. um, and and we have to go to this disgusting place." Um, which I think everyone knows what that is going to be. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think as the chapter ends, you start kind of hearing almost like Broadway-type music, I want to mm -hmm. say. Feeling very big city. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, mm -hmm. yes. And so as you're, as you're exiting the, uh, the, the temple, you know, you kind of fade to black, and that's the end of the chapter. Indeed. Yeah. So we know that we have to go to the city with everyone else from town. Um, and yeah, th so there's like all those elements from Earthbound that get kind of remixed in different ways here. Um, and I guess there's also some stuff that feels new and different uh, and not like Earthbound. Um, Primarily the the masked man, um, also to an extent the Magipsies, um, and I feel like all of that, like some some of that old stuff and some of that new stuff is just like brought together in a really powerful way in this tail end of chapter seven, um, which was really kind of like saving the game for me at this point because I was starting to feel like this is quite a slog uh, in this long chapter seven, so. So I really like this part of the game. Really worth getting through some of that other stuff to get here. I agree 100%. Um, I was already in my head basically trying to like justify why I didn't like this game. Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I don't, I don't like it. 
and I had come up with a bunch of reasons. Uh, well, uh, you know, I didn't play it when I was younger. Uh, there wasn't kind of like the whimsy because it's been done before, and there's been other games like it. Um, there wasn't the the guide that that you know that we could read and go through. Um, but I, I I do think that the slog that we've had to go through, as you said, uh, this chapter has made it kind of worth it, and I'm I'm actually excited to see kind of like what the end of the game is. Right. Yeah. Right. There's still a lot to be discovered here. Right. Um, and there's obviously a lot of room for fun, different theories about stuff at this point. Uh, but we can wait and get remaining bits and pieces of information before trying to have a crack at that. So, so yeah. Uh, I think one more chapter. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think gonna try to finish uh, the chapter. Chapter eight. I mean, if it's really that long, maybe we don't. But I'm gonna try to finish it so that we can have a finale, finale next weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm excited though. Like this is the other weeks. It's been kind of tough to to get myself to sit down and play. Um, but I've already <laughs> right. I've already started playing chapter eight. So, oh, not not too much. Maybe like thirty minutes. But I am in New Pork City, so you do do that pretty quickly. But anyway. Uh. I think that'll do it for our conversation this week on chapter. We're closing the books on chapter seven. Um, unless you have anything else to add. Oh no. I, I feel like we've done a, a good job. Um, on to new pork city. Yeah. New big, pork. Big, big ham. Ah, uh, I like that. Oh, I like that. That's good. That's good. The <laughs> big scrapple. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, See you guys uh, in the next chapter. All right. Okay, Scott.